Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm over here rearranging my table. I'm looking for some ergonomic pleasures out of it. Well, hey, good morning and a happy President's Day to you upstate. This is the Terra Show. Of course, it, because it's President's Day, uh, it's me today. You'll have Terra back tomorrow and all will be good. <laughs> the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-347-1063. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Uh, this is not actually President's Day, by the way. This is Washington's birthday, which it'll actually be his birthday Wednesday. Now, the intent of President's Day is to honor the legacy of all presidents, like all presidents have been made equal, which that's not entirely the case. And the fact that they tried to do it on uh, on Washington's birthday is interesting to me because it, it marginalizes his unparalleled accomplishments. When wa during the Revolutionary War, Washington single-handedly led the Continental Army to victory in that war, presided over the Constitutional Convention, and he was our very first president. On December the 4th, 1783, nine days after the last British soldiers left America, George Washington invited his officers to join him at the long room of the Fruances Tavern because he was going home and he wanted to say farewell. And we get this from the memoirs of Colonel Benjamin Talmadge, written in 1830. It said that the, the time drew, now drew near when General Washington intended to leave for his beloved retreat in Mount Vernon. On Tuesday, December 4th, it was made known to the officers then in New York that General Washington intended to commence his journey and the officers gathered at Fruance's tavern where he tavern where he met them to bid farewell. He turned to his officers and said with a heart full of love and gratitude, I now take leave of you. I most devoutly wish you that your latter days may be as prosperous and happy as your former ones have been glorious and honorable. After they had all had a little toast, he said, I cannot come to each of you but shall feel obliged if each of you will come and take me by the hand. General Knox, being nearest to him, turned to the commander-in-chief, who in tears was incapable of speaking, but grasped his hand when they embraced each other in silence. 
And in the very same affectionate manner, every officer in the room marched up and parted with his general-in-chief. And they then escorted him from the tavern to the Whitehall Wharf, where he boarded a barge that took him to Annapolis, where the Continental Congress was meeting, and he resigned his commission. And then he returned to Mount Vernon, believing that December 1783 marked the end of his public life. He did not realize that he would return to New York six years later to be sworn in as the nation's first president. And yes, as Henry Light Horse Harry Lee stated as funeral oration, Washington was truly first in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his fellow countrymen. We're coming up on the 250th birthday of this nation on July the 4th, 2026. We should never forget him, even though we're all sitting around going, oh, it's President's Day. It's a national holiday. I don't have to worry about going. I don't have to worry about getting mail. I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, uh, going to work. I uh, I can stay home. Uh, it's too cold to grill, but hey, a day off is good. Without George Washington and what he did, we would not be a nation. We would not be a nation. This is a guy that. Uh, they wanted him to be president for life, and he said no. He wanted to be. They wanted him to be king, and he said no. I mean, he he thought he thought uh, that he was he was done. <laughs> Couldn't we use a leader like that today? Yeah, we could. Instead, we now have, and I use the quote loosely, statesmen like. Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont. And this is a guy who's made a name for himself as an outspoken and hypocritical opponent of capitalism. And he's now on the road again to hawk his latest book, which, based upon his philosophy of the way you should live, should be free, but it isn't, and a series of in-person events, which also should be free, but they aren't. <laughs> because once again, because he is truly a hypocrite, it has nothing to do with him being, I, there's, there's a lot of things I can take politically, but when you're hypocritical, okay, all right. Because he's relying on the systems that he claims to oppose as he pushes his views. Maybe he needs another vacation home because his existing private properties aren't cutting it anymore. Maybe he's just gotten tired of them. He was pressed on CBS's Face the Nation Sunday about the dissonance between his stated opposition to supposedly evil capitalism and his book tour's use of Ticketmaster to sell tickets as, as his events, which are going for as much as $95 per ticket, according to host Margaret Brennan, publicizing his newest book titled It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. <laughs> and he, he claimed that such a business relationship decisions are made totally by his publisher but isn't that just another capitalist success story that he's supposedly angry about I guess I don't know clearly he's not actually angry about capitalism Otherwise, he'd probably not be enriching Ticketmaster by forcing his supporters to pay exorbitant fees to the company that has what sure seems to be a monopoly on ticket sales in America. 
And while he says he's not particularly happy about doing business with Ticketmaster, he wasn't forced to sell his book to a publisher whose goal is to make money off Sanders' book. If he were serious, wouldn't he self-publish the book and then give it away? Couldn't you download it? <laughs> and that's the difference between today's leaders and George Washington. So as you sit there, and I, I, I ask this quite respectfully, I submit to you very respectfully that uh, for all of you, you'll, you'll hear from time to time how the founding fathers were a bunch of old white guys that owned slaves and everything else. And just remember this, these guys had the audacity to take on the world's superpower by themselves. They enlisted farmers who brought whatever they had at home to come fight the preeminent superpower on the planet. They, they put everything they had into it. Had they been captured, they would have been stretched out from the, the highest tree. And they did it anyway. And they won. Because they only had two choices for the war to end. Death or victory. And they won. They won when they didn't have boots. I mean, the Continental Army was not exactly, you know, it wasn't like looking at the 101st Airborne Division. It was definitely a ragtag bunch. And I mean, that, that's got to be where the phrase originated from. And Washington, he persevered, he won, he inspired, and he won. And then he was done. And the only reason he was the first president is because they begged him to be. And then they wanted him to be king, and he said no. Because he believed in what he had done. Contrasting Mr. Sanders here, while he's out there saying, I believe capitalism is horrible. But he's writing a book that you can't, that he's not giving away. You know. If he was really, truly the way he, he says he is, it'd be sort of like it is in Cuba. You know, in Cuba, they don't have rent. They don't have mortgages. They don't have medical bills. You know, everything's free. But then you look around in Cuba and like, okay, everything's free, but everything's falling apart. There's the difference. There's your difference. Pretty stark. <laughs> Pretty stark. We'll be right back. You're listening to 106.3 WORD. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the Ingle, excuse me, I'm sorry, the GS Plumbing text line. I just slipped. Sorry, GS Plumbing. The GS Plumbing talk line. This is what happens when you try to multitask. The GS Plumbing talk line, 1-800-347-1063, the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. Too many things going on. Too many things. Omnipotent, that's defined by the Oxford Dictionaries having total power able to do anything. Typically, you would use this to describe God. But in the new world religion of environmentalism, climate change has replaced God. Climate change is omnipotent. It possesses the power to do anything. And we get... uh, I'm being asked, why isn't Biden issuing the order to shoot the balloon down over Honolulu? I have no idea. That's why I didn't answer that, because I have no idea why he isn't. Because he's Biden. Because Joe Biden is constantly looking for the TV clicker. Because somewhere out there, always, 24 hours a day, the Matlock Marathon is playing. Okay? Okay. A recent headline in the Daily Mail makes the case for climate change's omnipotence. Deadly fungal infection, valley fever that kills more, kills one in a hundred sufferers is spreading across the U.S. because dun, 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 of climate change. That's one of the many magical powers of climate change. But let's take a deeper look at valley fever. Valley fever is a fungal infection due to something that I cannot possibly pronounce casidiodomycosis according to some according to the CDC this lives in dust and soil in some areas of the southwestern United States Mexico and South America in the United States this lives in Arizona California Nevada New Mexico Texas and Utah so let's just not go there if this is caused by omnipotent climate change It must be a recent phenomenon. 
because climate change hasn't been around all that long. When did climate change become a thing? Replacing global warming. Now, according to the United Nations, global warming is widely believed to have been coined in 1975 by Columbia University geochemist Wallace Broker. As snow and cold weather needed to be accounted for, a convenient pivot was required along with a new name. Climate change, which describes a long-term change in the Earth's climate, appeared a few years later in 1979. Now, if valley fever is due to climate change, it should not have existed before climate change was inaugurated in 1979, right? Except that it started almost a century ago. It was first discovered by a medical student in Argentina in 1892. Then it was found in the San Joaquin Valley of California in the 1930s when people migrated there from the Dust Bowl of the Midwest. So why is valley fever, first described over a century ago and likely around far longer, now due to climate change, first popularized only 40 years ago? <laughs> and they explain that the cases of valley fever, which is 10 times more deadly than the flu, have risen 20-fold since the turn of the century. And it's caused by the fungus, and I'm not even going to try it, which releases spores in the air when soil is disturbed. Then those spores are then inhaled by people, most commonly construction workers. So um, why has this also increased uh, more than 20-fold over the past century? Arizona's population in 1900 was 124,000. In 2022, it was 7.4 million, a 61-fold increase. California's population grew similarly from 1.5 million in 1900 to 39 million in 2022, a 26-fold increase. More people mean more homes, restaurants, shopping malls, stadiums, highways, so on, with more construction disturbing more soil, releasing the fungal spores into the air. These spores may have been present in the soil since before the last ice age when the climate changed from warm to cold, forming the ice, and uh, you know, then from cold to warm, melting the ice, all part of the Earth's constant changing climate. All long before gasoline-powered automobiles and barbecues and gas stoves supposedly caused the planet's ongoing climate change. Yet, omnipotent climate change is still the cause. Time course be damned. What other magical powers does climate change have? Well, it causes heart attacks. Who knew? I, you know, when I had mine, I thought it was because of all of my stupidity. No, it was climate change. Since the heat wave in 1995, climate change has intensified globally with wildfires, hurricanes, droughts, heat waves, and cold spells leading to famine and drought. As a result of these extreme changes, the medical community is noticing an increasing rate of heart disease. I thought it's because I bought off on that thing where they told me that cigarettes had vitamin C in them. <sighs> Association versus causation. And, you know, if you, if you want to assume extreme weather is increasing, which it is not, is that why heart attacks are on the rise? What about inactivity and diabetes, poor diets, and obesity increasing? All major risk factors for heart disease. Diabetes, too, allegedly increasing due to climate change without regard to diet, obesity, and exercise, actual causes for diabetes. What about headaches? 
Climate change is worsening headaches and other neurological diseases. And then lupus, potential at potentially adverse health consequences of climate change related to rheumatic diseases. I feel so stupid now. You know, I here I have I'll you know, my 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 me being upset about the absence of having a southern border or disregarding existing immigration law, which is responsible for millions of illegal migrants currently streaming into the US is actually climate change. And while they're doing it, as they're walking, they're you know they're messing up that dirt, and then all of the, those fungal spores are being released. It's a vicious circle. Trump era policies and efforts to build a wall had nothing to do with less illegal immigration four years ago versus now, because climate change is a major factor be behind increased migration at the U.S. southern border. But wait a minute, if they're escaping climate emergencies. Why would they be running to us when we are the primary offender? I don't understand. I'm going to have to turn my brain off and on again just to get, be able to handle that one. When we get back, with Republicans like we, uh, like we have, hey, uh, well, do we, need, do we need enemies? You're listening to 106.3 WORD. I'm just enjoying the riff right now. Just, you know, bear with me. Just bear with me. I'm just headbanging. Takes a lot of discipline to do that and not hit your own microphone. That's an acquired skill. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-347-1063. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I hear the mic open. Did you read that text? <laughs> no, I don't know where to start at. Um, I hear it in your voice daily. <laughs> Tim's reading something that I find amusing. The text line is the text line as a phenomena. I I don't have that on my regular radio show. So I, whenever so read that and just go up. There's one or two in there in the middle. But I mean, the one that's in the middle about global warming has nothing to do with that conversation. Just read that as it goes up. But uh, you know. Anyway, I did find that amusing. That's because I'm weird. Now, Reagan's famous refusal to exploit his opponent's lack of experience was a class method of swatting away the petty political poking of using age as an automatic determiner of ability. And just as everything once old becomes new again, the conflating of age with skill set has been dusted off by, you know, well, like one reason not to be against Nikki Haley is because of her age. At 51, she is still at the height of power as far as critical thinking. Were she to actually employ that? But Sarah Huckabee Sanders has done it. She is doing it. Now, there are practical uses of age limitations. I am going to be 62 this April, and uh, the idea of me having to run and gun in an actual combat situation now makes me cringe so hard that I have to have a massage to do away with all of the tension. 
There's no way I'm going out for the football team. You know, uh, I have passed that. But one foundational tenet of conservative ideology is that demographics are not tea leaves. A specific piece of demographical data does not automatically indicate or forecast other aspects of a person's capabilities. Certainly, people nowadays, for some reason, maybe it's climate change. I don't know. It's omnipotent after all. Uh, I, I, I've been noticing a lot of people have early onset dementia or Alzheimer's really early in life. So it really depends on the whole individual thing in a person's DNA and a person's makeup. Now, the formulaic explanations about who and what, that's, that, that belongs to the Democrats. But why are Nikki Haley and Sarah Huckabee Sanders borrowing this? The bootlegged explanation is that they're describing Biden and the other members of Congress. Now, Trump could not pay for a better barb in terms of Haley's campaign. What would she have to say about the savvy style of the ancient Betty, Betsy Ross? Maybe Betsy's colors and proportions are gauche by today's standards. What can you expect from a Philly gal older than Gen X, after all? Maybe she could take a page from Philadelphia's main line to modernize our flag, since it is well over 70. Then the crop of youthful presidential candidates could collectively rework Benjamin Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanac. We could replace Henry Kissinger's insight with Susan Rice's. In the present zeitgeist, we expect the values of the Founding Fathers to be ridiculed based on age and race, but not by conservatives running on the Republican ticket or already holding office. So no surprise for the clever pairing of discrediting the competition with some purported handicap and then blaming this very handicap for the many grievances of, of others, you know. It is stunning whenever yet another opportunity for an adult discussion about the fate of our country becomes manipulated into savvy sound bites, which say nothing. And for this to be done by so-called conservatives who recognizes the stakes. When Trump was in office, our country was off life support just a few years ago. We were doing well post-op and breathing on our own. ICE was protecting the streets of the United States and the homes of the honest, hardworking citizens. Gang members were arrested. Illegal violent criminals were deported. Guarded neutrality was the extent of our military muscle and motion. Right to try and other supervised freedoms were in place in her medical arena. The economy was purring like a well-fed kitten. Made in America was replacing made in China. We were energy independent. Smug psychiatrists, though, they called Trump various psychological diagnoses the way the, uh, you know, snooty housewives shout slurs on the housewives of New Jersey. Narcissist was their favorite word of choice for pathology as weapon, but putting the amount of narcissism needed for any public presenter at an American Psychiatric Association convention aside, what person who meets criteria for narcissistic personality disorder sits at a conference table asking others to claim the spotlight? How many NPDs are collaborative in their presentations and work? 
Most essential, what does the adult son or daughter of someone with MPD look like in terms of their lifestyle and demeanor? Bruce Springsteen is relevant here, as it's hard to be a saint in the city. And Trump was no saint, and is no saint. He did business in Atlantic City. He was monogamy challenged during his first marriage, and perhaps, you know, other times too. Character as an issue is one thing, but not at the expense of losing the country. Now, though Trump has been elected by the media and the local district attorneys to be the proverbial ham sandwich, he has not been convicted of a crime post multiple investigations. He offered no def new definitions of is is. He is not an anti-Semite. No attendance of church services with Jeremiah Wright. He's not a rapist. No request for a female in his presence to put ice on her lip. No pictures of a naked Trump in Russia, much to the dismay of Adam Schiff, though perhaps an artist, maybe Hunter, could sketch something for a price. He's going to have competition for the Republican Party ticket, and that's fine. He should be primaried, because if he's primaried and he comes out on the other end, do you know how strong he's going to be? Do you know how mean and edgy he's going to be? Do you understand what he's going to do if he gets in the second time? I mean, I only hope he learns the lesson. We're going to see. It's, it's about get the popcorn out and pick out your favorite brew because 2024 is going to be very entertaining. When we get back, we're going to talk about the lies that the government is trying to feed you to adopt the green agenda. You're listening to 106.3 WORD. All right. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-347-1063. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Now then, the the, the whole thing with the with the with the uh, the Democrats want to bury and regulate CO2, which is a little bit like I don't know, carbon credit. Because you can't, CO2 is a clear, innocuous, non-pollutant gas that allows plants to grow and the world to be fed. They want to eliminate clean, burning, efficient, affordable natural gas plants that keep us comfortable with air conditioning and heating. To where we can live to be really old and then, you know, then, then be thought to be diminishing and having no skill set. They claim that coal power plants with scrubbers emissions travel across states. That's nuts because the emissions dissipate soon after they go in the atmosphere. Do you remember the event horizon oil, oil uh, catastrophe that happened out in the Gulf? Remember how all that oil was all over the place, then a hurricane came through. And people woke, woke up the next morning and besides everything that had come ashore and everything else, everything else out on the water was gone. And and we heard about this one mile wide plume of oil that was out there stretching around like a gigantic carbon based anaconda of oil. But nobody's ever found it. We've never heard anything else about it because you know what? Nature takes care of its own. So 
it's really splendid, and it shows the ingenuity of mankind to be out here and find these natural resources and then fashion them into a way that enriches our lives in so many ways. If you want to, and the, the other in, the other inconvenient fact is looking back at history. Like, the warmest day in Springfield, Illinois, is 112 degrees in July of 1954, 69 years ago, during a global cooling period. I had not yet made it onto the planet when that happened. And there have been very few 100-degree days in Illinois since then. And there's no scientific data that show a direct correlation between temperature and our consumption of natural resources or with humans breathing out CO2. They claim that cow emissions of methane are extremely harmful, but then again, there's no correlation connecting cow emissions, temperatures, and any other component of the climate. But that doesn't matter because very shortly, when you go to Whole Foods, they're going to have a Whole Foods cricket section. Maybe some nice chocolate-dipped termites. Now, the number of cows increased by 361% between the ending of the Little Ice Age in 1860 and 1975, which was the end of a 35-year global cooling period. If there was a direct correlation between warming and methane, we would certainly see it with a 361% increase in the number of cows. But no, it has nothing to do with taking care of you and wanting to save you from yourself. They like the cows for themselves. Everybody loves the moo meat, but you can't have any. And while they're seeking to severely limit our use of natural resources, they are promoting wind turbines, no matter how many whales and other wildlife they kill. <laughs> and while they're spending massive amounts to limit the non-pollutant CO2, they are requiring us to use the expensive, highly flammable pollutant lithium because they all want us to have an electric car. Who saw in Florida after the hurricane when all the water came up and buried, you know, flooded all of the, uh, the Teslas and then the salt water began to interact with the lithium batteries and then the, cop, the, the, the fire department be there trying to put out that fire? Did you see that? Yeah. It's all about just controlling your life, people. We got one more hour of examination so stay tuned. You're listening to 106.3 WORD. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.